Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast is sponsored by Royal Symbols. At Royal Symbols, they're taking the 400-year-old tradition of symbol making into the future. If you can think it, they can make it. And whether you play the drums in your basement or on the world's biggest stages, they can help you craft your sound. Utilizing their combined 50 years of cymbal sound expertise, they can take your sound ideas and create an instrument that you'll love. Within the lines of Royal Cymbals, it includes the custom-made cymbal craftsman cymbals. They offer a full range of sound colors. And they can also modify your current symbols to better fit your needs. Royal Symbols was born out of the need to create the best sounding instruments for drummers who have a wide range of sound needs. Over the past few decades, owners Paul Francis and Sarah Hagen have worked together along with the world's greatest drummers to create many of the modern cymbal sounds that you hear in live music and on countless recordings. And they're continuing to do this into the future with Royal Symbols. Check them out online at royalsymbols.com. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. I have so lovely pretty eyes. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stan. And you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Food Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, Bruce Dickinson here from Iron Maiden. Yes, indeed. Miss Whiplash herself, Mrs. Carrie, is here to um, unchain your brain. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to... You have the privilege of listening to Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for episode 151 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. And before we get to this week's guest, Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, I want to let you know what's new in the online shop at mistresscarrie.com. Everybody's got that special place in their house where they like to entertain and bring their friends over and have a drink. I call mine the War Room. You can watch my video show, Cocktails in the War Room, every Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern on my official Facebook page. And if you want to dress up your War Room, then you need the set of four slate coasters with the Cocktails in the War Room logo that are new in the shop. Don't let your friends ruin your bar with drink circles. Grab a set of Cocktails in the War Room slate coasters that are veteran-made in Massachusetts in the online shop at MistressCarrie.com. 
My guest this week also has a show from his home bar. It's called Drinks with Johnny. Johnny Christ is the bass player from Avenged Sevenfold. The band has a brand new album coming out called Life is But a Dream on June 2nd and a massive U.S. tour with Alexis on Fire kicking off this summer. You'll be able to see him at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, Massachusetts on July 19th. Johnny and I talked about his podcast, Drinks with Johnny. We also talked about the new album, the upcoming tour, time during COVID to stay home and focus on being a dad. We also talked about his beloved Lakers and the rivalry with my beloved Celtics. We talked about the Stanley Cup, his fellow bass players, what it was like to join Avenge Sevenfold, and so much more. So allow me to introduce you to Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold. I'm recording you fumbling around your studio, Johnny. I love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm recording my audio for you right now. I appreciate that. How are you doing today? I am really good. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm totally digging the fact that you do a show from a bar because I have a video show that I do from a bar as well. It's the best thing ever. Oh, it's, it's, it's awesome. This is actually my bar at my house. That's why I started doing it here. So this is upstairs. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Something I started a few years ago and with a couple of buddies and it's a nice little project for us all. We all have other main income stuff, and but this is something fun for us to do together. I started a show in the room with my bar too. It's called Cocktails in oh. the War Room because that's the room that I call the bar. Oh, awesome. We got we to gotta, we gotta do like a simulcast or something at some point. I would love to do that. That would be a blast. We do booze yeah. tastings, talk about music, bring in guests. It's, it, basically, it's an excuse to work and drink at the same time. <laughs> I, both my jobs do that. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, I wanted to talk to you about so much stuff because I feel like I feel like all of our lives, especially the music business, got put on pause for a while and now the world is finally like thawed back out again and we're seeing bands we haven't seen out on the road in a few years how did you handle the craziness of the last few years was it a creative time for you did you love being home or was it just really mentally difficult <laughs> i think it was all of those things to be honest <laughs> um I think for a lot, like a lot of people, I mean, I think the, I think going through a pandemic and life changes in general, definitely throw you uh, some challenges that you have to navigate. And in those, you're going to have run all those gamuts of emotions that you just, uh, you just described. Right. Um, you know, part of me uh, as, as a personal note for me, but I was able to be home for the last five years with my new son, who's only six now. So uh silver lining there uh with it is i was there every day for his formidable years really i mean his early impressionable years at least um and when i think that bond that i i get out of that you know being the stay-at-home dad in, in a matter of speaking that i was dropping him off taking him to all the sports everything like that that will get that bond and show him um just how much he means to me you know later on life when he when he thinks about it so that part I was happy to be home for absolutely. Um, as far as as far as being creative goes, like yeah, there was. I mean, we we wrote a record over the last five years while we were doing it, and uh, pretty excited about the outcome that we got. Um, and uh, and honestly, 
I've said this in other interviews too, like uh, Matt and Brian really kind of took the reins on this record. I mean, we all, we all collaborate um, as, as things go, but uh, they really kind of took the reins on this one because they had, had this vision for everything. And so while they're doing that, I, I'm coming in every once in a while and listening in and helping out with, with, with a few things here and there, you know, maybe arrangements, maybe just an opinion on the song, you know, something as simple as that for a while. Um, this is all early on. That's when I started this podcast that we just started where we were just talking about. So I did, I, I found a new creative outlet to be honest. That's that was outside of music. And, um, yeah, a lot of people might not think, I'm sure you would, uh, disagree with these people that, but people might not think that, uh, you could be creative in a podcast or something like that. Like it's just a conversation and couldn't be further from the truth in my eyes. Like you get out there, you have to be, you have to find a way to make it I don't know, at least slightly different than the other podcasts. You have to, you know, you also put in your own style. You have to learn your own style. There's an art to it when you're talking to people who you've never met before. I mean, it's it, it's a whole thing that I had to learn. And it took me a few years and I'm still learning, but I, I enjoy it. It, it. It's creative in that sense. I have a good crew, but I'm, I'm learning how to use all the equipment. And every time I learn one piece of equipment, I'm like, oh, this one sounds even cooler. It looks even cooler. Now I got to go buy that new toy and play with it. So it's 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 a lot of fun. It's something that I'll continue to do. So that's where like the creative part got in. And then lastly, that that last emotion you described, um, absolutely true. Just like uh, it was it was hard mentally. It was hard mentally to go from you know playing in front of hundreds of thousands of people on that last European tour that we that we did, and coming home and for the you know the first year or so, it's kind of like. No, this is normal. This is more part for the course. We usually come off the road and we're home for a while doing things. But then, uh, you know, a year and a half becomes two and a half years, becomes three, four. And then, like, by then, you know, you start questioning your identity. I mean, this is something I've done for 20 years of my life, and now five of them I haven't been able to do. And it's kind of the – it's the one thing in my life that, I, that I'm confident in, that, I, that I'm really good at, is going up on stage and doing and doing that. So when when you're not able to do that, of course, you start to question your identity and stuff. And what does this mean for, you know, everything? And then you go through some some fun some fun changes and talk to your therapist and read some <laughs> the, the books. And then you know maybe maybe try some uh, mushrooms and go up, get off the grid for a while and just try and you know break down the ego all the way down, all the way down, get rid of it, so that you know. Um, you really can answer those questions that I think we all ask ourselves, but I, I would, I would, I would guess, and I, I guess it's more so for me, but I would guess other people feel the same way or a lot of other people feel the same way. It's just like this time that we all globally felt a couple of years ago and are still building back from, um, has definitely made us all introspective at some point and really think about like, what is, what is important here? And in my life, you know, and that's an individual question, of course. And I think, yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I went through all that because I did. I just explained to you everything that I went through there. Yeah, it it definitely made people really look at at where they are in their life, I think. I think that's a shared experience that like coming out of it, you had the ability to kind of make life the way that you wanted and really kind of prioritize what you want to do in your life and and make the rest of your life exactly the way you want it. Uh, for yeah. me, I spent my entire career on the radio, which is a completely different skill set. 
And I love how you're talking about discovering the art of podcasting because the more bands that I talk to and the band members have podcasts, it's so funny to hear you guys' perspective of doing my job because usually (laughs) you're on the receiving end of my questions. How was that for you to turn the mic around and have to interview other people? Well, uh, it gave me a new respect for uh, people in your profession. I'll say that much. <laughs> like, uh, it was definitely, I mean, it was a learning curve. I mean, I go back and li- and listen or watch to our first few episodes and stuff. And it's like, as the kids say, it's pretty cringe, you know? And it's like, like, oh, because you have to, you have to be able to develop a flow, as you know. And um, I think for me doing that, turning it around, I figured, oh, dude, I, this will be easy. I'm just talking to my friends because that was the original idea. I was just going to have friends from other bands come over to the house, make a cocktail, you know, do, you know, and just shoot the shit. Um, I quickly realized that that was getting too long. It, it, it just wasn't the right format. And, you you know, you just try on error. And, and of course, this being a, a, a side side gig for me, I just went for it. I just I didn't like just I didn't like map it all out and make sure everything was like, just well, let's try it. this. Let's try this. But yeah, just send it. Let's try. Let's try. Let's go. And um and so, but, uh, you know, over the time you, you start to evolve into, you know, this art and this profession, it's like, you guys may always make it seem so easy, you know what I mean? To, to, to host a conversation. It's not just a lot of people would think, oh, how do you get the questions out of them? And how do you get them to go deep? It's like, you don't, you just, you take what you're given and you just kind of play with it and you got to be able to, to work your own flow into it. And uh, I think I'm, I'm just now, I, I've hit my stride in the last like season that we released, and then we just started season five of Drinks with Johnny. So it, it's it's now we're doing we're completely changing the format. I think I'm going to change the format every season, like I do, like I do with like with music. Every album is going to be completely different. So why not have my Drinks with Johnny podcast be something different every time? With this one, very more conversational. Guests can stop in for anywhere as. 15 minutes to two hours, three hours. I don't care, but like, <laughs> uh, you know, 15 minutes you stop in, we'll have a topic of discussion where, you know, I got my boys, uh, Brandon and Sam co-hosting with me now so that it's very much just a flowing conversation. We're just having a good time with it and we'll have fun topics or some serious ones. I mean, we've been talking a lot about basketball because I'm a huge uh, Lakers fan. So that's been one of the topics. And then uh, be careful. You're in Celtics town right now. Be careful. I love it. I love it. I love that rivalry. You and Flea. Between the two of you. (laughs) Jesus. Base players love Lake, love the Lakers. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Man. <laughs> hey, well, we're from Southern California. I you? know. You get the pass. I mean, look, the, the only thing coming from like a massive sports town that you can hope is that if you're going to be a sports fan, that you support your team when they suck and when they're good and that you're Absolutely. passionate about it. And I think Lakers fans and Celtics fans at least have that mutual respect where it's like, you're in regardless. You're wearing the colors, and don't take the purple hair as support for the Lakers either. Oh yeah, that, that no, you just need you just need some gold glasses. Not happening, to, to bro. Yeah, yeah. It's not I'll happening. I'll send you a pair of gold Ray Bans. Not happening <laughs> ever. Hey, that's what we're gonna have to do if if if, if by some chance the Celtics and Lakers meet oh. in this in this in this finals, we gotta have you you on the show. 100%. We gotta have do something and and, and talk some smack because I'm about to be doing that with Zach Myers right now of Shine Down. Love him. He's uh, he's coming on the show because he's a big Memphis Grizzlies and fan an obnoxious and Grizzlies fan. 
Oh yeah, I can't wait to rip into him. Yeah. I can't wait. It's gonna be so much fun. Yeah, I lost a, a bet with Zach Wild once at Ozfest years ago over a Sox Yankees game. Oh. A- and I had to introduce him in a fucking Jeter's jersey and got booed by my own fans because <laughs> I had pinstripes on in Boston. That is rad. Still That's such a traumatized good bet, by it. What what just said? What was the theory? If you had what what were you gonna get if you'd won that bet? He had to wear a socks shirt during the performance. During the whole performance too. Oh huh? yeah, we went full on. Yeah yeah yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a rad. That's a rad bet. That's we actually bet. went to the game together, and it was Sox Yankees at Fenway, and me and Zach sat behind home plate, and this was back when he was crazy Zach, not not juicing Jack Zach. Like this was back <laughs> when he was drinking, not healthy. And he bought the whole section hot dogs at Fenway to make them not hate him for cheering for the Yankees at Fenway Park. Wow. <laughs> did it work or did they did they just did they still hate him? Word got because those are the expensive seats. So all the bankers behind home plate, it's like the front row at the Lakers game, right? Right. When they all heard he was Ozzy's guitar player, then they all wanted to take pictures with him. But they still <laughs> booed him when he cheered for the Yankees. So if you want to do a whole fun. thing over Yankees, I mean, uh, uh, over Celtics, Lakers, Lakers, I'm in. If uh, absolutely, if, if we'll keep our fingers crossed, we meet. We meet in the finals. I think that would be. I think it'd be fun for everybody. I mean, everyone knows what that rivalry is. Hell yeah. And and you know they've 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 done documentaries time over and time. So even if you're not from one of these areas, I'm sure you understand. What's and going we got on the here. Bruins in the playoffs right now too. So oh, it's- your Bru- your Bruins are just gonna run rickshaw all over everyone like that. Just. I'm a bit. I'm a Kings fan too, and they 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 pulled off a, a game win, a game one win the other night that I wasn't expecting. So I was like, okay, let's go. I I doubt we'll see Bruins Kings, but I don't, you know, I don't know. I have a friend that actually works for the Kings, but he's from here. And when they won the cup, he got to bring the cup home. So I got to drink uh, out of it because the Kings won it, not because the Bruins won it that year. <laughs> Champagne well, tastes awesome, great though. out of the Stanley Cup. Uh, I, I I hope to one day find out too. Yeah, I mean Shadows is fun, is uh, French with Kopitar, so um, we're hopefully get get something out. You know, if if they win, I don't know. We'll see. You bring up <laughs> Flea and playing bass, and I want to ask you this question. I read a great quote from Getty Lee, who said that people don't grow up wanting to play the bass; they play guitar, and then at some point you join a band, and the other band members vote you into playing the bass. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Getty Lee said. The only bass that, player that ever said that that was wrong was Doug Pinnock from King's X. He told me. So is that true for you? That it you, was not true for me. No, yeah, you started it, playing no. the bass. I started playing the bass. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I dabbled with the, the, the old nylon guitar of my father's in the house before and like the keyboard and stuff. But when I really started to learn how to play an instrument, it was, it was always bass. Um, I mean, I guess I was technically voted in by because we none of us had picked up an instrument yet um, in my very first band with my buddy. Uh, was, he already had the drum kit, so that was done, like his dad's drum kit. And, like, you know, you know, picking up for the first time, you're not going to go spend the money on a real drum kit when dad's got one in the attic. Um, the other, other kid was going to play the keyboards that he had. This This band never actually happened. It was just like, <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I, I decided I wanted to, wanted to play bass. It was listening to Les Claypool um, and on MTV, do it, uh, why known as Big Brown Beaver, uh, that sound of it. I didn't even know it was bass at the time, right? And 
And just that sound, I was like, I looked into it a little bit more. I was like, oh, that's what the that instrument is making that noise. That's pretty cool. I, I could get into that. And, um, and from there, it spawned into other things. And uh, basis that I had grown up listening to to that day and didn't realize I was listening to the bass so closely where it's like Cliff Burton and stuff. I didn't know that Cliff Burton was all those distorted guitar parts or what I caught, what I thought they were like for whom the bell tolls. I was like, Oh, that's a different distortion they use there. It's like, no, it's because the bass player is doing that lead line. And it's like, Oh, okay. It all started to make sense. I think. Um, and then after that, once I understood that there's so much you could do with the bass that, you know, if you're, if you're not into music I, I don't expect anyone to know it or even pay attention to the bass like it's just not you just you're supposed to feel it in a lot of ways well billy and, sheehan told me because i asked him legendary rock bass player to explain the course. role of the instrument in the band and he went into this totally you know in-depth description about how you're what ties the drums and the guitar together right. that that if the bass isn't there the the music doesn't make sense so yeah i would say i would say for the most part i mean there's there's a lot of music that can go without it i mean you 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 tune things differently you could have just a guitar and and, and drums but it doesn't sound the same you know and it, and you might not someone might not know what's missing but you'll know something's missing you know what i mean like uh, a layman um but yeah i think i can't expand more than billy the great billy sheehan he knows more about bass than either but um yeah, I think he's right. It, I mean, it absolutely is the glue between those two, especially in, in rock music. And it's also, um, it helps hold down that that percussive side of, of this music, I think, the groove. I mean, it's very, you know, it's not, it's fun to lock in on, on the kick of Brooks Wackerman, but it's also fun to play off of it too and find really fun uh, ways to, to move around with the groove. And that's really where, where bass lives in, in, in and for me, it was like early on, I didn't understand all these things. It took it takes time, right? And but one thing that I was surprised with myself is I would talk to other people and who weren't musicians, they and they couldn't depict what instrument was anything. And I just like I said, I couldn't early on either. But as time goes on, I I find myself when I'm listening to a new band, I'm listening to new music, like that's the first thing I hear. Like I'm not even trying, I'm just like that's which isn't common for people who I think I bet you it's common for bass players outside of bass players. I guarantee that's not the case. Like, oh, bass players are definitely <laughs> their own animal. That's for sure. <laughs> you're, yes, this is true. You're one of the one of the people that I've had on the show. I always say that that when it comes to high school, there are very few decisions I made back then that I still stand by. And you are an example of a musician that made a decision in high school that turned out to be probably the best decision you've ever made in your life. That's not common. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. And I don't, I want to, I want to go out and tell my son that, you know, when he turns 18, but you know, we'll see how, we'll see what kind of kid he is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was, I had just turned 18 years old when I went on my first uh, two week tour with uh, the rest of the boys. I grew up with them and, I jammed with uh, Jimmy in the garage after their rehearsals and stuff. And we were in a van and there was a co-headlining tour with, with a tray going up the West coast. And, uh, you know, I, I ran into Val and, and my sister and Matt's uh, 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 wife now. And she was like, yeah, we might, we might not have a basis for this next two weeks we got coming up. And I was like, well, you know, if you guys need someone to fill in, I'll do it for free. I just, I'd like the experience because I want to be, you know, I, I want to do the same thing you guys are doing. 
but you know, I'm not never expecting that I would join them as well. I just was like, I'd like the experience. It'd be good for me to get out there and I could just take a couple of weeks off from school. You know, at the end of it, um, the boys asked me if I wanted to join the band and without, we, I mean, after those two weeks, I was like, I mean, I was greener than green. I did not play great shows. So the fact that they still wanted me around, I was like, this could be really cool. Like, I, I mean, I was breaking strings all the time, bass strings, you know, like I was just nervous. You I can tow like a truck with a bass string. Yeah, exactly. And I was managing to break them. So, um, several, like several, like I was not, a, I was not ready for a tour alive. I'd only played a couple of handful of backyards and talent shows to, to this date, you know? Um, and then I was, you know, it wasn't like there were massive shows, but they were like, there were real shows, you know, like a couple hundred, couple hundred kids in the crowd, you know? Um, so long story long there, I joined that. I of course say yes. And then we start writing, raking the fallen and the rest was history. I just talked to Lance from, from ashes to new last week. And we were getting down into the weeds about the concept of songwriting. And I asked him to give me some examples of some songwriters that he really looked up to. And one of the bands that he noted was Avenged Sevenfold. (laughs) And you guys are in this position now where you're not the new guys on the block anymore, that there is a whole generation of rock bands growing up listening to Avenged Sevenfold the way you grew up listening to Metallica and Primus. That's got to be a little weird that you guys have been around long enough now that you're becoming the inspiration instead of the inspirees or the inspired. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're absolutely that goes back to, I think, the very beginning of this conversation with the with the pandemic and stuff and realizing that. I mean, it's kind of going through like (laughs) uh, I hate to use this term, but it's like kind of like going through like a midlife crisis. You kind of realize, oh, but it's good because you find out what the things that are important, as we talked about before. It's an honor to have been able to actually look back, be introspective and see what we've been able to do in the last 20 years of our career. Because, um, you, I mean, when you're down and in it, blinders are on. I got nothing else to do, but this is this is my purpose. This is my goal. This is and I'm focused on that. And there's no there's nothing else. Age doesn't mean a thing. And then when you actually take a take a step back and look at what you have accomplished. And we did, I did that personally over the last several, you know, few years. And yeah, it's, it's flattering. And you you go like, Oh, wow, I really have done like a lot. You're always, if you're always chasing something, you're not really looking at that as often. You know, of course you stop for a second here and there to celebrate, but you're not like really introspectively looking at it and going like, wow, like that's kind of a cool thing. I'll ask you the same question that I asked him. It's a songwriting question, so this isn't a favorite music question. Can you give me an example of a song that you think is so well-crafted that it's a perfect example of songwriting and that you covet it and say, oh, man, I wish I wrote that song. But then you got to break it down and tell me why. And it can be any artist, any genre. Man, there's so many. That's so tough because, like, yeah. I mean, I I could just give an example, but it's not going to, you know, it's not the end all be all. And it's probably a little bit of a Cosby sweater, but, uh, uh, Cosby sweater. I don't know. You could, I don't know if you could say Cosby sweater anymore, by the way, like Jack, well, I Jack mean, Black said it on, 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 uh, high fidelity, but you know, <laughs> it's just funny. Cause it's such a generational reference now. Oh yeah. Totally. That there's oh, a whole yeah. generation of kids that only know no Cosby is a rapist. And we right. remember sitting around the TV, watching them on Thursday nights <laughs> on TV. Yeah. Oh, so funny. Um, 
Uh, so it's a little bit of a cop out, is what I mean to say for all the all you youngsters that went around for that. <laughs> it's a bit of a cop out, but I mean, Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, that song it takes you on such a journey. Um, just, just, just even starting with. Let's just start with the structure. You want me to break it down a little bit? The structure of the song is so unique that when you listen to it, you think it's this long 10 minute song because it takes you through such a journey and such a path. When you look back, it's only been about four and a half minutes, you know, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Cause it may, and, and, and that's not that long of a song in my opinion for, for how much it goes around and has so many extreme changes, but are seamless. Right. Um, you got, you, I mean, you start in with, uh, you got like the rock parts, you got the choir parts, you got the piano parts, and these are three different sections. You know, it's, it's, you got the ballad, it starts out as a ballad, you know, and then it gets into all these things. I mean, it's just, it's a musical masterpiece for songwriting. And then let's not even get it, I mean, get into the melodies on top of everything, like not just the structure, the melodies, the, the choir work that they recorded themselves on top of it. I mean, it's just, it's a perfectly written song, in my opinion. And Ronnie Radke I mean, told me that if you don't like Bohemian Rhapsody, you need therapy because he gave me the same example. <laughs> and he's he's the only one, other one. And you guys are playing shows together. That's right. We are. I can't wait to get out and do that. Yeah, that's that's why I'm I'm surprised there was only only Ronnie said that. I feel like a lot of musicians would would, would, would reference that. I'm, there have I'm been other shocked. Queen songs too. the guys from Royal Blood okay. cited We Are the Champions and. But it's kind of interesting to see what people think is brilliant songwriting because for songwriters, it always means something different. Right. And there'll be people analyzing Life is But a Dream after it comes out in June as (laughs) analyzing the songwriting in that one. Yeah, I I welcome it at this point. I'm really (laughs) excited for everyone to hear it. And, uh, you know, going back to the way that we the level that we're at in our life i don't mean in career i mean the 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 age that we're at in our life and what we've gone through and stuff i'm uh, i think we're all in the the same boat where we are super proud of what we did we did everything meticulously we took so much time on this record because we wanted to make an important record we it is very important to us but to your point now it's now when everyone gets this record it's up to them to decide you know that's that's kind of what that's the nature of the beast. You don't, that's the nature of art. You always knew it or we always knew it, but, and we always followed that aspect of life or, or reality of art. But now it's kind of like, eh, I don't know what to tell you. Like, now you're going to learn how to play them live wanna, because you guys are going yeah. out on the road. We're going to see you July 19th at the Xfinity center with Alexis on fire. That's right. Yeah. We're going to be out for that. We are currently in uh, rehearsals right now already for those shows that are in, uh, in July. Uh, what would you say it was July, July 19th, July 19th. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited about the live show. I want to reiterate on the album though, real quick. I just don't want to be one of those bands that the white noise bands that comes in and says, it's the craziest. It's the best record we've been, we've done since day one. I don't know. I know that it's a great record <laughs> and I, I hope you like it is kind of where I'm at. You know, like I know it's a great record. If you don't get it, that's, that's on you. Well, so, we'll talk about it over beers after the Celtics win the finals. Oh, come on. You don't want you don't want to go back to that. 
Carrie, if 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 my Lakers make it to the finals, you're not going to be happy. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with me, Johnny. It was so great to talk to you, and we'll see Absolutely. you in July in Mass. And I will uh, join you for drinks with Johnny if the finals are Celtics, uh, Lakers for sure. Absolutely, it could be a lot of fun. There he is, Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold. The new album, Life is But a Dream, is coming out on June 2nd, and it's available for pre-order right now. You can also see Avenge Sevenfold out on the road this summer with Alexis on fire. That includes on July 19th at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, Massachusetts. You'll find the link to buy tickets and the link to check out Johnny's podcast, Drinks with Johnny, in the show notes of this episode. You'll also find the link to this episode's custom playlist and make a playlist for every full-length episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast that's full of my guest music and all the artists and songs that we talked about in the interview. You'll also find all of Johnny's links, all of the links for Avenge Sevenfold, and all the Mistress Carrie links as well. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to the Mistress Carrie podcast. New full-length episodes come out every Wednesday. Plus, every weekday, you get the sit rep, which is all your rock news, music headlines, and entertainment updates, and you get it in around five minutes. Plus, you never know when we're going to release a bonus episode. You can also join me every Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern, live on my official Facebook page, for cocktails in the war room. And you can listen every day to the Mistress Carrie radio show. Get the details on all that and more at mistresscarrie.com. The Mistress Carrie podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.